Praise the Lord. Greetings in the name of the Lord. This is Holy Lady T checking in on tonight. And yes, I am still safe, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And yes, I am enjoying my life with Jesus. How about you? God is great and he is greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. I am just thankful to be alive and on the Lord's side in these last and evil days. Glory to God. You know what, y'all? I'm going to share some good things with well, a good thing with you before I begin my tell it like this Tuesday. I'm going to make it quick because some people might not want to hear about my personal life. But anyway, my students, my well, my, one of my students uh, at school, he just like just melted my heart. He's touched my heart. Um, he just shows so much concern for me. Now, for the people that know me, like I drink Pepsis, <laughs> I like Pepsi, uh, second in line is Coca-Cola, and so he noticed, like, I drink, like, either Pepsi or Coke or whatever, uh, almost every day, and so he's like, Miss Wally, like, you need to drink more water, you need to drink more water, so I was like, yes, 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 okay, okay, and, like, he was just keep telling me this, and I was like, you know what? I got you. I'm going to make sure and I'm going to make sure that I bring some bottle, some bottled waters to work uh, to make sure that I'm drinking water. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I bought the bottle of water and he was like, look it. And I'm just it just does my heart well, like to know that my students like really care about me, like some of my students <laughs> really care about me. And they notice like just these little things um, about me and. I just love that. And then it was the same, the same student. He was just telling me like, okay, um, you know what? Like, I never seen Miss Wally angry. <laughs> I never seen Miss Wally angry. And I was like, Lord, I thank you because I really, my prayer is that I am shining God's light. Like I've shot letting God's light shine through me. And so not saying that I don't have emotions, but I don't go off like on my students like that. And to, for him to say that, that made a huge difference like to my day. And so anyway, those are my good things. I love my students. Glory to God. Anyway, we're going to get started on this Tell It Like It Is Tuesday. And y'all, let me tell you, I was like, uh-uh. I got to address this, especially, you know, to my single women. This is especially to my single saved women, single saved women on tonight. And the title of this Tell It Like It Is Tuesday is Love Is Not Enough. Love Is Not Enough. And you're like, what? Love is not enough? Because marriage, your marriage will fail. If you just got married for love and didn't consider any other characteristics about this young man. And so that's how like you have, you have, for example, people getting together in the church building. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah. Yeah. I love him. You know, he, he's serving the Lord in church and all of this, but how is he outside of church? Like what kind of person is he? Like, are y'all even compatible on any other level? Like, it's okay. Like, like I'm saved. And so I love everybody. I love everybody, but, uh, the, the way that I treat my spouse is differently than I would treat any other man. And so, and this man, my hubby, we're going to have to be together forever. And we're going to have to live with each other, have fun with each other, go out with each other, do all these things with each other. And so that means we have to be compatible on some other levels. And so love is not enough. Love is not enough enough because again it's certain qualities that this young man like must have in order for us to be able to live with each other and enjoy life with each other so for those people out there that be trying to match my people just because this person is saved this person is saved like oh yes work great together no because perhaps like that person may be like I'll say, like that person may be um, 
just just them like and but but you and them do not match great together and i'm not talking about these people out here that have these long list of things and that's why they're not getting married because they trying to marry somebody that is like just perfect like like perfect that checks off on all their numbers that is superficial i'm not talking about those kind of people that are not hearing from God about their spouse. I'm not talking about those kind of people because you might be overlooking your spouse because it's this certain superficial thing that you don't like about them. Nope, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like you and this person, personalities clash. And again, sometimes opposites attract. So you got to really like seek God and have an open mind. And when I say have an open mind, open mind to receive who God has for you and who can work the best the best together with you forever because I believe that marriage is to death do you part like we're not even going to consider divorce like no divorce is not even a word that needs to ever be spoken you know except for a marital counseling and it's gonna be like no we're never getting a divorce like that's what that's gonna be because I believe like that marriage is like to death do you part and so no so since you know this like you me should be careful on who we choose as a lifetime mate who we choose as our husband so no love is not enough and love is the foundation love is the foundation and if you save i mean you you're gonna love him like what like you're gonna love this person if you're saved because you're supposed to love everybody anyway so and i'm not talking about just human love i'm talking about with god's love when you're saved so love is that foundation upon which you build but some other characteristics and qualities must be present in this young man and I'm saying young man because I'm not marrying an old man. So certain qualities must be present in this young man before you all get married. Or certain things you ought to look for in characteristics in this man so you all can be compatible. And you just have to be careful. And so I'm going to go through some things because it's like, ain't no way. Mm -mm. You, you you have to have some of these qualities. And, and then another thing is like people are not ready for marriage. Like you haven't did the necessary work on yourself and you didn't allow God to do the necessary work in you. You didn't allow God to heal you and then you jump and get married. So it's like certain qualities must be in this person before like you choose. Now, this is what I encourage and, and advice so we can live happily and joyfully or joyfully ever after because happiness is, is temporary. Joy, joy is lasting. So in order for us to live joyfully ever after, certain qualities like you need to notice in this young man and guess what i'm not gonna read y'all off my list because <laughs> i uh uh no when my husband come you're gonna see that he met everything uh that the lord have revealed to me but these are some characteristics and qualities that if you're saved that you should be looking for and expecting in the spouse that you choose to marry because love is not enough. Okay, love is the foundation. But he must have these characteristics and qualities for you to have a successful and holy marriage. Glory to God. And so number one, after love. All this is after love. Submission. Submission. First, single ladies, we need to realize that we must submit to God. And we also must submit to our husband. And if you're not ready to do that, then you don't need to get married. And let me read the definition of submission. The act or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force, which is your husband and God. The act or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. So you yielding to the will and the the authority of another person the action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person and that's why you need to marry someone that's saved like you 
if you're saved, you need to marry someone saved because you're going to have to obey the word. And the word says for you, we're going to get to the scripture, for you to submit to your husband. So if you have to do that, why would you marry someone that is not saved? Because I, I mean, I'm not going to trust somebody. I'm not going to want to submit to the will or authority of someone that is not saved. So I'm like, mm, they must be Holy Ghost filled. And so anyway, we must submit to God first. And so this is a red flag if a man is watching. If a woman is not submitting to God, she's not going to properly submit to you. Mm -mm. It's going to be hard for her to do that. We talking about God Almighty and she can't even submit to him. So women, we got to get ourselves under subjection and submit to God and come under his authority and his will for our life. Are we obeying the Holy Scriptures? For real, not just the parts we want to obey or think that's easy. No, we're obeying the word of God because it's going to cut your flesh. It's not coming to please what you want to do. We are all about pleasing God. And so if you had that mindset as a single woman about pleasing God, coming under the authority and the will of God for your life, then it's going to be easier for you to submit to your husband because you already had the experience of submitting to God. So that's a green flag when a, a woman is submitted to God. So we must submit to God and our husband. And I encourage you women, again, to marry a man that is submitted to God and his pastor. Because again, on the flip side, if you see a man, he's not obedient. He don't want to submit to authority. He's not submitting to the voice of God. He's not submitting to his pastor. Then that's a red flag because he's not following God. And then you are in a danger zone because, wait a minute, he's not following God. How am I, how can I even trust what he's saying? But so it's going to be hard. And so our submission is not, is not based, you know, it's based on the word. We have to submit to our husband. So be very careful who you marry. Make sure that they are submitting to God and their pastor, spiritual leadership. If you see that happening, that's a green flag. That's a green flag. Glory to God. And so submission is key. The Bible say, wives, submit yourselves into your own husbands. And so it's a problem out here because we have men that think that a girlfriend is supposed to be submitted to them. But what the Bible say, it's, it's not girlfriend or fiance. It's not girlfriend or fiance. It say, wives, submit, uh, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Husbands, submit, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, okay, as unto the Lord. So that's why I said, if you submit to God, women, you should be able to submit to your own husband, your own. For the husband is the head of the wife. That's why I'm submitting to my husband, because he's my head. For the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. So therefore as the, Christ, therefore as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own, it keeps saying own husband, yours, submit to your own husband. Okay, in everything. So that's why I'm like, ain't no way. I got to be married to a Holy Ghost filled man. So it will be easier for me to submit to a Holy Ghost filled man because I know he submit to God. So it makes life easier for me. Glory makes life easier for the both of us when he's submitting to God. So therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. I mean, everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And your husband cannot love you as Christ loved the church without the Holy Ghost. He's not a part of the church if you don't have the Holy Ghost. So how can he love you as Christ loved the church without the Holy Ghost? He can't. 
So if you say, I encourage you to marry someone that is saved so he can love you as Christ loved the church and so he can submit to God and then it falls into place. You submit to him. It's wonderful. That he might sanctify it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. So if the man don't love their body, like they don't take care of their body, like they stink, like don't think that they're going to treat you like a queen. They don't even treat themselves like a king. So I don't know why I'm marrying nobody like that that don't care about their self, their body, their appearance. No, appearance is not everything, but appearance is something. And you smelling good means a lot. So if they don't care about their own body, don't think they're going to care about making you, you know, making you look nice. Because I just love the relationship my dad had with my mom. He loved, he sacrificed, he sacrificed. I seen him sacrifice. So my mother, can look like a doll, a queen. He sacrificed himself and things that he could have bought. And I'm not talking about toiletries because my dad smelled good and looked good. But anyway, he sacrificed some things that he could have had to make sure that my mom looked the best. So that's why you have to make sure to this young man take care of his own body and smelling good and care about his appearance because then he's He's going to make sure and want you to look good and, and make sure you make sure you look good. Let me just say, he's going to make sure you look good too. So he that loveth his wife, loveth himself because it's safe. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourish it and cherish it. And that's how I see my dad do my mom. He nourished and cherished her, even as the Lord for the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and wife and shall be joined until his wife. And they too shall be one flesh. So you are one. So if he don't care about himself now and y'all two become one, he ain't going to care about you. So you got to be careful. Make sure this man is loving Christ. Make sure this man is loving his own self. Because if you love himself, he will love you because you and him become one. Glory to God. So then when you read on down, it say, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. So if he don't love himself, he's not going to be able to properly love you. See how he's taking care of himself. See how he talk about himself. Not talking about in pride, but he have to have some sense of pride. Not, not the sinful pride, but the high self-esteem about himself. Because it say, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself so he need to love himself so he can love me and the wife see that she reverence her husband and so we have to respect we have to respect and honor our husbands then the bible also say obey now this is for the part where i was saying that you need to, as women, we need to make sure that he is, our husband is submitting to spiritual authority. Because the verse say, Hebrews 13 and 17, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. So he should be obeying and submitting to spiritual leadership, which is his pastor, which a lot of times is hard for a man to do. But if he have the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit inside of him should help him to obey and submit to spiritual leadership. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But I'm saying that Holy Spirit inside of him. Should help him to obey and submit to spiritual leadership. The Bible says for they watch for your souls. As they that must give account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. That's Hebrews 13 and 17. So submission is a huge deal to me. Submission is a huge deal to me. Because I love God and I'm going to love my husband. I already love my husband. I love God. I love my husband. So I must submit to him as well. And so I love God so much that I want to be obedient to God. So if my husband is also submitting to God and submitting to spiritual leadership, then I know that he is leading me the right way. So that's why submission 
is a really important thing. It's a really important thing. Really important thing in, in uh getting married. Okay, number two. That went with the previous verse that I read, but respect your husband. Respect your husband. It say that that was also in Ephesians when it said reverence, like reverence her husband. So that means respect. Respect your husband. Your husband. Um, and then on the flip side, women, it tells like the husband, it say first Peter three and seven. Likewise, ye husbands, the well with them according to knowledge, the well with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. First Peter three and seven. And so I'm gonna read the NLT version. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together, so she may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. So when I think of this verse, some some things that you when you're uh courting someone, you need to pick up on these things. I'm not I'm not married right now, but during courtship, you need to pick up on these things. Like, is he being gentle with you? Because it says, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. Is he being gentle with you? Is he being patient with you? Is he honoring you? Like, he's not, like, you have to see, is he treating you like a doormat? Is he treating you like a slave? Like, is how is he looking at you? Is he matching you up to other women in comparison? That's not honor. He's not holding you up. So, like, when you're in a serious relationship as far as courtship and he's comparing you to someone, he, he don't think that you like the best thing that ever happened to you, happened to him. You're not the, like, most gorgeous person to him. Like, no, if he's not putting you, holding you up in respect, then that's a red flag. Because it's like, don't compare me to other women because I look as my husband as the best thing ever. Like, no man can ever compare to you the most handsome thing I have ever, a handsome, not thing, but handsome man that I have ever seen. Like, you are so gorgeous and you, mm, you look mm -mm good to me. And nobody else in my eyesight, nobody else look good and fine as you. And so that is how I think of my husband. And so a man should think of you that way. So I can't talk on you women like that. But I'm saying just reverse the words and think that, A, that is how your husband should see you and not compare you to other women. Like, no, 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 no. You should be everything to him. You're the only one. You're the perfect one for him. So we're going to go, we're going to go on. And then it says like, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. So you shouldn't be living together because it say your wife. But anyway, as you are courting this person, you need to notice some things like, are they picking up on different things, different qualities about you like are they picking up on different things that you like and dislike are they picking up on these things and then even as you are calling them you should be you supposed to be finding out like without them having to tell you some things like looking listening observing them so you can find out what they like and what dislike them what they dislike because like, I like, like, I read something about, like, five love languages, and that was, like, a pretty good, like, a pretty good summary of, like, different ways that people like to show their love or different ways that people like to receive uh, love. And so you need to pick up on what is their love language. What is their love language? And then pick up on mannerisms and different ways, like, they communicate with you because we... Some of us grew up in different types of homes. 
And so like a way that you may, a way that you may talk to them, that might be disrespectful in their eyes because of the way that they grew up and their surroundings, their culture or whatever. So you have to be careful and mindful of those, of those things and don't push it aside. And so a lot of times we perceive things differently, again, because the way we grew up, our experiences and all of these things. And so don't be so quick to cut people off or cut people out of your life. You need to understand, understand where they're coming from, understand where they are coming from and be like, hmm, maybe they grew up like this. Maybe they grew up talking to each other like this. And maybe this person is like this because they always had to do things by themselves or they always had to be this way, be the strong person. So now, hey, maybe it's hard for them to, you know, accept this or do this or just different things. You need to figure that out and learn the person that you are courting so anyway this leads up to marriage but you need to be looking at these different things before you even get married and so when you get married it'll be a little easier on you and so and then it was like and it's being heirs together together we are together yes the husband is the head of the wife but we are heirs together king and queen heirs together don't look at me as a peasant and I am a servant. I am your servant and you're a servant to me. We serve each other in different ways, in different capacities. But don't look at me as a punching bag or a walk, a walking mat. And, and ladies, you can notice these things in courtship. You can tell, like I can tell how when a man really honors and respects their wife, my dad, he always, like, he's always mentioning my mom and he's always highly esteeming her. And so, no, you don't, you don't never mention your wife. You don't, you don't always have your wedding ring on. You don't speak good things about your wife. Like, that is, no, uh-uh, that's, that's terrible because it says y'all are equal partners in life. Like, and then he needs to see you as a partner. Like this is a this is a partnership. It's a covenant. It's deeper than a partnership, but it's also a partnership. It's a covenant. It's the depth do we part. We are purpose mates. We are together. And so he needs to see you as that. He needs to see you as that. We don't have the same roles, but we are partners. Like I heard somebody say, you are my you are the yin to my yang. <laughs> But anyway, we are partners and it's and again we are in a covenant relationship. So we need to realize these things even in courtship and get it in your mind that you have to respect your husband, women. You have to honor your husband because it's he's your husband. And so we gotta make sure that we get that in our mind right now. Like just don't treat him as anybody. He is your husband. You are to highly esteem him. Talk great things about him. Because a lot of men is suffering from that because some women don't think that they should encourage. It'd be like, that's what they ought to do. No, no. Thank you, honey. I see you, honey. Oh, yes. Look at you. Or uh, I mean, whatever. Like, encourage your husband. Support your husband. Highly esteem your husband. And so I'm getting these things already about mine. Because no. I, I don't, it's, it's, it's just too much. It's just too much. And divorce is rising. So if we as holy single women get groomed and how to be a wife, a godly wife, then there'll be less divorces because you know how to treat your man, which is your husband, not just your man, your husband. Cause we not have no long-term boyfriends over here. Mm -mm. Your husband, you know, I treat your husband anyway. We got to get these things right. And hopefully one day I can get my mother on here so she can share her experience. She's been married for 40 years to my awesome father. But anyway, we're going to go on. Third one is commitment. Commitment. Like, you, me, we need to be committed. If you don't want to be committed, if you don't have in your mind marriage is to death, do us part, don't get married. Because marriage is not like, oh, we're going to last we gonna just let, we just gonna see how this is gonna last, or when hard times come, uh, no, we are gonna separate, or when, or we grew apart. What kind of mess is that? No, commitment means I'm gonna stay here for the long haul. 
while I'm growing, you're growing, we're growing together and we're going to stay together because this is a to death do you part covenant relationship and we love each other and we're going to work things out. That's what the love of God do. We're going to work things out. Glory to God. Am I saying if somebody beat you upside your head to stay in the same house with them if you married? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You need to get away from that situation. Still pray for your husband because it's still your husband. But get away because you don't need to stay until he kill you. Nah. You get away, but you still pray for him and you still love on him. Because this is still your husband. This is still covenant relationship. So under God, you still won. So you need to pray and intercede for that man. But anyway, I'm not going to get into the marriage stuff. But uh, my mindset is to death do you part when it comes to marriage. And commitment. The Bible says, Matthew 19 and 6. Wherefore, there are no more twain, you no more two, but one flesh. Where what therefore God have joined together, and God is going to join my marriage together. What God have joined together, let not man put asunder. So a man, like I had shared something like, if somebody offer you a million dollars, like a billion or a million dollars, like, like the lady shouldn't leave. Like, what? This is just mere money. I love my husband. Money? Money? If if your woman or your I mean your wife will leave you off of, of just money, she wasn't it from the get-go. <laughs> you shut the barrier up from the get-go if that's all she was about was money. And sometimes you can notice those little uh red flags real quick. But anyway, uh no. Uh-uh. We need to be committed committed to death do us part no matter what we have to go through no matter what we face no matter what situations happen to us to death you do us part because we are one and if we rip apart because it's you ripping apart because you are one you gonna take a piece of me i'm taking a piece of you it's just gonna be terrible though it's, it's gonna be terrible we're, we're we're not going to be satisfied it's always going to be a weird, it's, it's to me. Now, to me, I'm like, no, it's it's just going to be terrible because it said we want flesh. So, no, we got to be committed to this thing. First of all, I'm committed to God. I'm committed to my relationship with God. And then I'll be committed to my husband. It's like, no, no, no matter what, no matter what, I'm here for the long haul and nobody's saying it's going to be easy and be like you can say all that stuff while you single whatever i know what i'm talking about because i i was when i was in the wrong relationship when i was not claiming to be saved when i was out in the world and i was in the wrong relationship i was in it for the long haul and i was not getting treated like a queen and i, I took a lot of stuff and I still was praying for him. And I still was doing stuff for him to make things better. And I'm sitting up here trying to repair or trying to fix something that God didn't want me to fix. And you actually think if I get married that that I want to do that for my husband whom God has joined me with? You got to be out of your mind. Oh, yes, I'm going to go even further for him because this is a covenant relationship. We are one flesh. This is under God. This was approved by God. So, oh no, I'm going to fight. So we got to get that in our mind right now. Glory to God. So commitment, these things are so important. And so when you know the red flags, like some people, as soon as you say the wrong thing, they out, they out, they blocking you, they doing all these things. What? Like that just show like to me, like, I don't know, like either sometimes a person went through something in their past. And it might be a red flag to them because of something they went through there in their past. And so they're easy to cut off people. And it's like, wait a minute. I didn't even know that I was hurting you. But uh, you just have to see and be in it for the long haul and be committed to this individual. Glory to God. And I'm not talking about be committed to dysfunction, be committed to toxicity. But be committed to the person that God has joined you together to in marriage. Next one is loyalty. Is They go hand in hand. Loyalty, number four. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. 
the wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will, only in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 7.39, so I'm going to say it again. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. So this is to death do you part situation. Oh, I'm loyal to you. Ain't no way. I'm going to do all I can to make, to make sure that my marriage is working. Oh, yes. Because I'm bound to my husband until he die. So I'm not about like, no, ain't no way. Like, I, I'm going to work to please my husband in everything I do. And then the Bible says submit, like you have to submit to him in everything. But I'm going to make sure this is going to work. And then I know I've heard like the best of relationships, like you still have disagreements sometimes and you still have, you know, like arguments or something. But we are respectful people. We are adults. We know how to handle those things. We know how to handle those things. And so we're going to make this work. We're going to see, we're going to have to see each other's viewpoints and come to a happy medium. Because I'm telling you, marriage is the death do you part. And I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm loyal. And I'm not, you don't let nobody talk about your husband. No, you don't let nobody talk down on your husband. Uh-uh. So it don't even matter. Like, even if something is wrong. Like, I, I, I never seen my mother talk down on my dad. Never. Like, never, 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 never. You don't sit up there and be yakking on the phone to someone about something that your husband did. And I'm saying this because it will lead to marriage. Like, I won't even do that with a boyfriend. No. Because, no. This is between me and you. We're not going to involve extra people unless it comes to the pastor and we need marital counseling or something. But I'm loyal. No, no, no. We are going to be together to death do us part, and we're going to work it out. Glory to God. Anyway, because first of all, I was loyal to God, and I am loyal to God. And God said, the wife is bound by the law as long as her husband lives. So we're going to work these things out, because I love God. Oh, I love God, and I love my husband. So we got to work things out. Glory to God. Loyal. Loyal. I don't care. You always lift. You always lift your husband up, and that's what I'm, I'm putting in my mind. This is to death do we part. He has a strong just number five. He has a strong work ethic. Cause I don't know what is wrong with these men. And I'm not saying that you have to work a nine to five job as a man. I'm saying, hey, if you have your own business, if you have this, and, and you you at home, but you have your own business, wonderful wonderful but you should want to work and provide like i i cannot i i don't it's so many lazy men like it's so many lazy men like that want women to cater to them and like yes i'm gonna cater to my husband but what i'm saying is it's so many men that don't even think that they supposed to be the main provider like you be like what i'm telling you the bible is against them the Bible is against them because this was their punishment from the beginning. We have to have pain and childbearing and they're supposed to work by, like by the sweat of their brow. So why is this culture thinking that a man don't supposed to work? Really? And don't supposed to provide for his family? That is, this culture is messed up and is going further and further away from the Bible. The, the punishment was in Genesis 3, 17 through 19. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Curse is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. That's Genesis 3, 17 through 19, ESV version. So, you're supposed to be working. This is your punishment. The Bible in the beginning never said that the woman's punishment was for the work. Our punishment was child bearing. 
we have pain and childbearing, and, and we can't take that away because that that just be there. And sometimes they give you medicine, but still, it's still some kind of pain. So I don't understand why 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 men think that they can get out of providing. Like you should want to provide. Like my dad, it makes him so happy to be able to provide for my mom and us children. It made him so happy. Like I could see the joy on his face for him going out. And sometimes he had to work two jobs when he was younger, going out, making sure that we was provided for, making sure that we had enough money to go on vacations, making sure that we look, we was clothed nicely. My mother was clothed nicely, making sure of all. The, and he took pride in that. I don't understand why men don't take pride in providing and working. This is a disgrace. And so I'm like, you know what? Ain't, ain't no way. And so that's why us Christians single, what I, I like to say saints, us saints that single, it is, it's, it's taking a while for us to get a spouse because some of these qualities are not present. Like it's not present in the men these days. I guess it's either the way they're growing up, who they're around, the culture, they don't, and they're not seeking God. Because you as a man, as your very nature, you should want to provide. For your family. I don't, I don't understand. But anyway, we're going to go on. The Bible say in 1 Timothy 5 and 8. But if any provide not for his own. But if any provide not for his own. Especially for those of his own house. He has denied the faith. And is worse than an infidel. 1 Timothy 5 and 8. You denied the faith. You don't even want to take it your own family. Your own house. You denied the faith. So anyway, they need to have a strong work ethic. They want to work. They want to provide for you. If they lazy, that's not the kind of man that you need because y'all going to go into poverty or you're going to get tired because it's his job to want to provide and work. Yes, you can work. I'm not saying it's not wrong with working with your husband. No, it's nothing wrong with that. I'm saying he should want to be the soul provider as in and believe and want to do it like take joy in it i don't understand like, i don't understand i don't understand these things why it's, it's for the other reasons i stated but mm -mm, number six i gotta go on agreement aligned to one another's purpose going in the same direction like y'all should be in agreement like if you are saved sanctified filled with the holy ghost you should not be marrying somebody that's not safe, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible say, can two walk together except they be agreed? Amos 3 and 3. See, it's going to cause conflict and it's going to cause confusion because, see, you want to obey and submit to God. You also want to submit to your husband, but he may be telling you some wrong things to do or he may be doing some wrong things. And you know it's wrong according to the word of God, but since you marry him, now it's going to be conflict there because you have to submit to your husband so can two walk together except they agree they can't and then it also say well before i go to that you want purpose is so important to me purpose because i know my purpose and so you want to marry somebody that's aligned to your purpose and you are aligned to his purpose because you don't want to be going in one direction and he going in the other direction. So you need to seek God and make sure that your purpose is aligned. I'm not saying that he do the same exact thing as you and your purpose. I'm not saying that. But see, since I found my purpose and I know who I am in Christ, I know what kind of man that I want to marry. I know what kind of man that God wants me to marry because see, I know who I am in Christ. And so when you figure that out, you want you can walk together because again y'all 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 have y'all he has a vision he had a vision for the household he had a vision for the family and you both of you are in agreement with that so if you talking to him conversating or whatever and you listening to his vision and you all for it great because now y'all are together but if you listen to his vision be like this ain't for me then you don't need to be talking to him maybe you misinterpreted what god told you or said to you about him and you, and you need to say bye-bye so you need to make sure um that's why i just i can't i can't say so too much um what i want to say but 
um, when you listen to his vision and it just excites you and you want to help him do it and, and you're just, it's just in you to help him and, and motivate him and encourage him and be a support and all of that. Okay, y'all walking together. And so also um, when it comes to, like I said, salvation, you need to be walking together because the Bible says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion had light with darkness? So you don't supposed to be unequally yoked. If you're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't supposed to be tied and yoked together with an unbeliever because he's going one direction and you going the other. And it's just tearing, it's tearing you apart. It's tearing both of y'all apart because you're trying to go forward to Jesus. He's trying to please his flesh and what he want to do. And it's going to rip you apart. It's going to tear your neck off. So don't don't um marry someone that is unsaved if you're saved. And it said, for what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? Y'all are total opposites when you're saved and he's unsaved. It's going to bring disagreement. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 16, you can read the rest of that. Um, 7, a man that is sensitive and obedient to the voice of God because he has to lead you and the family. So if you see now that he's not obeying what God tells him to do and while y'all are courting, then that's, that's going to be something that you need to pay attention to because you want him to be able to first recognize the voice of God. And then you want him to obey the voice of God and what he's telling him to do. You want him to, to esteem what God is telling him highly above even what he want to do for himself. But when he hears the voice of God, he stops, he listens, and he obeys it. This is very important. So your family, him, him included, can be blessed. A man that is after God's own heart. Ooh, that is so attractive to me. So attractive to me. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David, David, to be their king. Now, David was not perfect. Y'all know he slept best you. But guess what he did? Guess what David did? He repented. Have mercy. Oh, God. According to your loving kindness and tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. He wanted to get back in the presence of God. He repented. Yes, he had to be confronted for his sin. But yet, he repented for what he had did. Now, that, that is to be spoken of. That is honorable. When you come back and you realize your sin and you repent of it. Glory to God, but scripture. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Why? Which shall fulfill all my will. So you want a man of God that's going to fulfill all God's will for his life. All God's will and what? This is based on what God is telling him to do. He's going to do what God tell him to do. That's Acts 13, 22. You want that man after God's own heart, that's going to do what he say. It don't matter. Like if your family, if friends come against him, it doesn't matter. Like even if you disagree, he's going to fulfill God's will. That's the man that you want that can be able to say, hey, wife, or whatever your name is, God told me to do this. And we must obey the voice of the Lord. And so that is the kind of man, stand-up man that you want in your life. And so we're going to go on. Eight, these are other little necessities. I like Titus 2, 6 through 8. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Woo, sober-minded. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, good works. In doctrine, how, how they're going to show a pattern of good works? Okay. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned. Woo. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. That's the, the husband you want. I'm not talking about his past life. I'm not talking about. Before he repented, I'm not talking about before he came back to God. I'm not talking about none of these things. I'm talking about now that they have no evil thing to say of him 
at the present moment now, that he is walking in holiness now, not what he's done in his past, but that he is walking in holiness now. Titus 2, 6 through 8. So I'm going to read it in an amplified version for us that need to understand clear. In a similar way, urge the young men to be sensible and self-controlled. Like he's not out here having sex with women. He's not out here doing that. He's not out here talking sexual, talking sexual to women. And, I, when, and I'm talking about in a bad way, like sexting or anything of that nature. He's not having those kind of conversations. He's self-controlled. He's not spending all his money just on anything. He is self-controlled. He's not going off on people like an animal, like he done lost his mind. He's self-controlled. And to behave wisely, he take life serious, knowing that, hey, I only have one natural life to live. I have to walk in holiness. I have to live for the Lord. I have to make sure that my children are straight and going to and, and know the holy way and they're straight naturally as well. My wife is going to be straight. If anything happened to me, she's straight. I take life seriously. I care about my character. This is concerning character, not just reputation, but character. I live holy every day. I take what I do seriously because I don't want to stand in the way of sinners. I want to represent Christ. I want to be the head of my home, not just in speech, but in what I do. I provide for my family. I train my children up in the holy way. I'm there for my children. I know how to talk to my children. I take life seriously. I'm putting in the putting in them those values that they need because one day they're gonna have to live on their own. I take life seriously because what I do affects my family. It affects me, but it affects my family as well. I take life serious because it's not a joke. You only get one natural life. And what I do impact next generation i just wish it was more men that think like this but anyway take life serious behave wisely make wise decisions Woo. and in all things show yourself to be an example be an example of good works listen women the man your marriage should be an example of good works i don't care if he going to the church building but when he come out, he doing something else. If he ain't living his life according to the word of God, he's not an example of good works. Anybody, anybody can speak in tongues, act like you're doing it. Anybody can sing. Anybody can shout. Anybody can dance. Some of them can even preach. Some of them can even preach. Some of them can teach. They're musical instruments, whatever they doing. But they need to be an example of good works. Don't go by no show up in the church building. Make sure he's an example of good works. Watch his life. Talk to the people that's closest around him. Watch, watch, and pray. Anyway, be an, it says show yourself to be an example of good works with purity in doctrine, having the strictest regard for integrity and truth. Honest. Oof. and truth like he loves the truth the truth of god's word the truth of god's word and he he loves it so he stands on it and he lives by it don't matter no man that's just putting up a show in the church building uh-uh everything that look good is not holy let's go on dignified mm -mm -mm. oh that's so attractive dignified Sound and beyond reproach and instruction. Sound and beyond reproach and instruction. He know, he know how to teach. He know how to receive it and he know how to give it. And he live it because he's an example of good works. So that the opponent of the faith will be shamed having nothing bad to say about us. And it's all about the men. Titus 2, 6 through 8. So you can, you need to get you one of these titles too, women. Men, not a woman. If you're a woman, you cannot marry a woman. 
So let me correct that. Get you a Titus 2, man. Because I'm telling y'all, they out here. So you want a man that's uh, not just a hearer, but a doer of the word. Because if he a doer, he's going to live the life of holiness. He's going to be an example, a pattern of his life is going to be a pattern of good works. Glory to God. And so we have to be very mindful of these things. And that's why I'm saying love is not enough. You need to be looking for these qualities. And women, seek God for your spouse. Because that's what I did over 10, 12 years ago. More, 12 or more years ago. I sought the Lord for my spouse. I sought the Lord for my spouse. Because I was like, this and God began to reveal to me certain qualities that he would have. And then as I read this, these are certain qualities that if you are saved, that your husband needs to have so you can have a successful marriage. And I didn't even name all of them. That's just some. But we don't need to be so ran to get married and do not investigate and do not just just dwell on and watch and pray and make sure this is God is saying this the one I approve of your marriage because I don't care what other people say family or friends it don't matter what they say and they're encouraging you need to make sure that this is your spouse and a lot of times people want to look good on paper like listen I don't care about looking good on no paper my thing is I mean that's nice but I want the man that God has for me, that is perfect for me. And I don't care if somebody else don't want us to get married. Uh, This is my marriage. And I'm not talking about the pastor because when I bring my spouse, I'm going to bring my spouse to my pastor. So, mm -mm. I'm not talking about the pastor. I'm talking about people that's on the outside looking in. No, because I know that God is, 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 Woo, I know my kingdom marriage is just going to be so only God can do it ish. <laughs> that people going to be shocked like, hmm, unbelievable. But all, all they're going to be able to say is, I know God did that. So I'm telling y'all, seek God for your spouse. Seek God for your spouse. Don't get caught up on just the outside look of things. You need to be mindful of these inner characteristics and these inner qualities and that's why i say love is not love love is the foundation but he needs to have some of these qualities uh in him you know before you get married glory to god and i'm not saying somebody like he's perfect no no, no. i'm not saying that but certain things need to be working in him to so you can know that hey i'm straight this is a death do you this gonna be the death do you part like, you want to be comfortable and confident in the husband that you are marrying. Because if not, you're not going to trust his judgment. And I'm like, no, I'm going to trust my husband's judgment because he, he's going to be hearing from God. Like, that was one of the things. He's going to be hearing from God. He's going to be, he is being led of God and he's leading me and my children. So I'm comfortable. Like, I'm comfortable. May not agree with everything, but, if, well, if God said it, I agree. May not understand it. Let me say that. But if God said, oh, no, we following. So we need to be mindful of that single women. So I encourage y'all, don't be discouraged. It's still some holy single men out here that is praying for a wife. You just need to wait on God. You just need to make sure that you are um, being a wife. That you have the qualities of a wife. Because a lot of times we be like, I want a godly spouse, but you ain't godly yourself. You're not even submitted to God. Hmm. So we need to make sure that we are who we want. Make sure you godly. Make sure you are doing these things. And so, I mean, I can't be like, mm, you know, I want this type of man and, and I'm not that way. Like, no. Oh, Jesus, Lord, help us today. So I encourage you all, please, uh, walk in purpose. Know who you are in God. Know who you are in God. So you can know when 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 your husband present himself, again, you'll know this is the one. Like our souls connected. I, I mean our spirits connected. And you'll know. Cause it won't be like no other relationship. Like you will know, like a hundred percent know. 
And so if you are not sure, you don't need to marry that person, but you will just know like God will give you this peace and you will know with a certainty that this is your husband. He'll reveal it to you. So anyway, I pray that you all will have a blessed night. I know it was kind of long for those who listened to the end. Thank you. I hope that you was blessed by it. And hey, singles, if you need to get at me for uh, advice, encouragement, prayer, message me. If you need a church home, I belong to the City of Refuge Church because please know that you need a holy ghost-filled leader watching for your soul. So again, I belong to City of Refuge Church under the leadership of Bishop Calvin C. Wally Sr. And we are located in Batesville, Mississippi. Glory to God. Well, I pray that everyone will have a blessed night. Peace out.